Welcome back to the Manga Revolution Podcast, your home for the best in-depth commentary on all the latest happenings in the manga and anime worlds. Um, I'm your host, Kevin, and with me today again is Rock. Rock, how are you, buddy? Awesome. Happy to be here. Happy to have you back as I know you're coming off vacation, right? Hopefully you enjoyed everything. There's no better place on earth, Kevin, than Disney World. No better place. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, I was just back here extremely jealous of that. So, uh, but, but yeah, so not to get into my jealousy of rocks uh disney, <laughs> disney vacation there i'm just gonna get into some housekeeping here of as always you could listen and download to the manga revolution podcast on all your pocket your favorite podcast services including spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and we would love it if you rate us and review us five stars that really helps us out um and you can find all the latest things that rock and i are doing for the manga and comic book world on comicbookrevolution.com where rock has posted uh, rankings for spy x family and I've done a couple of different stuff like on My Hero Vigilantes, um, a retrospective on that series, and then a couple other stuff on the manga world as long as well as like you can find a bunch of comic reviews and features um, on there as well. And you can follow myself at on Twitter at the Kevin Linus and on TikTok at Nerdy Kevin. You can follow us Conquer Revolution at CB Revolution on Twitter and the Manga Revolution Podcast on Twitter at the Manga Podcast. Rock, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Rock with two Ks Revolution. Awesome. Well. That gets the housekeeping out of the way. And for this week, we're just really going to be talking about uh, one of the newest manga that's come out. It's called Super Smartphone. Um, it, it started up here in the last uh, about a month ago. And we kind of like, like, as always, we wanted to dive into the newest manga, see if it's something that both or one, at least one of us wants to continue reading, um, just because it's always fun to experience these, these new manga as it's coming out. So um, for those that might not know, Super Smartphone, like I said, has just recently released and it's written by Hiroki Tomisawa and artwork by Kentaro Hidano. So again, we have another creative team. It's not just one mangaka working on this. Um, and for those that might not know, Hiroki uh, Tomisawa is most well known for um, his work on Senka no Kanoje that lasted about 47 chapters from 2015 to 2016. And Kentaro Hidano is um, previously, he was an assistant to Hiroshi Shibashi, who is the creator of Nora, um, the rise of the yokai clan. Um, and then since being uh, Shibashi's assistant, uh, Hidano went on to win the Shonen Jump Golden Future Cup contest with his one shot called Chrono Mansion. And then in terms of serialized work, he did have one ongoing series uh, titled Zynga with uh, Rokuro uh, Sano um, that ran about 15 chapters. And that's really like his backstory. Rock, do you have any experience with uh, Tomisawa or Hidano before we entered into super smartphone i have no experience with either so this was a fresh a fresh experience for me uh i'm a total blank slate i was excited i always like uh, you know now we're getting so much more new manga in real time i love that i'm getting exposed to more and more creators it's really exciting so i i love i i i get more excited i think kevin when i get a series from someone i don't know versus a name i, I recognize <laughs> yeah and before we get into like super smartphone what, what do you think of like at least for us one thing that we're not as used to is this growing kind of trend that we're seeing from stuff that's being released is that we're having multiple creators working on series what do you think of that ongoing trend that we're starting to see with like not just one mangaka working as both the writer and artist where we're seeing the writing and artwork being done by two different mangaka yeah it's it's interesting i Here's my obligatory Kanikaman reference, Kevin, for every episode. But uh, Yuta Tamago is the manga for Kanikaman. It's it's a team. It's two guys. One does story, one does art. So 
I grown up reading my favorite manga from two manga, which is not the norm. So I, I was my favorite manga is actually not the norm, but I'm used to it, right? <laughs> And so, and, and of course, you know, hey, look, we grew up in the States reading American comic books. It's extremely, extremely common for, for the writer and the artist, often the writer, the penciler and the inker to be totally different people. Right. So we're this is normal for us. I, you know, I'm of two minds. Look, I some the plus is this The plus is it makes it easier on the creative team to churn out weekly content and it limits burnout. That's the plus. The downside is sometimes uh, pro- titles can be harmed by too many cooks in the kitchen. And sometimes I love, what I love about manga is it is the singular vision of one creator melding both the story and the art. And often when it's one creator, uh, like we've seen Chainsaw Man, there's the ability to let the art tell the story versus the words telling the story. I think a lot of American writers struggle with that concept of letting the artist tell the story. So that's that's the plus of having just one creator on the title. So hey, look, nothing is perfect, right, Kevin? There's pluses and minuses to everything. There's there's no one perfect approach. I don't mind it um, if if both creators are on the same page yeah. and have a unified vision. I don't mind it at all because it does allow us to get more content uh, on a more reliable weekly schedule. I know weekly schedule is very hard for one person to do. That's that's a grind, Kevin. Yeah, and I know that for a lot of these magica, they do have assistants and all that stuff, but we never see them credited. We don't we don't actually see them credited. I like that this approach too of like they're splitting up the work of like writing and art so that at least multiple creators are getting the the credit because I I think that's one difference between like. Um, manga and comic books. With comic books, we do see the letterers, we see the inkers, we see the colorists, and all the, all these other people get credited. Yep. But when it comes yep. to manga, really, it's the creators oh. that get credit, and that's it. We don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, this is this is the assistant working on this and stuff like that. So we never see those credit credits in the manga itself. So it's because um, really, it's like the creators and the editors that m- most people will know most for the most part. Like the editors, sometimes, if, especially because they're the promotional, they do a lot of the promotion for the manga. So I do like that at least we're seeing multiple creators being credited here. And again, like you said, it, it it does like tag team it. So especially with the one week, like timetable between chapter releases it, hopefully that relieves them both of the stresses of releasing weekly instead of having to both be like doing, doing both jobs like individually. So it's, I think that, I think it's a good thing. And I'm glad we're seeing this trend at least that we're experiencing this trend more with multiple creators on it. So, cause I've, really only experienced it with one creator and obviously he's probably they've probably had assistance working on with helping them out but i'm glad that we're starting to see multiple creator stuff because i think it we've talked about it in the past that it's helped with the artwork as, as well as the writing sometimes with quality of like each one is able to spend more time with their craft totally agree and really you see it i think you're right by mentioning the artwork that's that's for me at least is where it's most noticeable is on the artwork side not really on the writing side for me at least so and that kind of gets us into like super smartphone where for those that haven't read super smartphone yet it's a series that centers around a mobile app called called uh go go google um I, I hopefully i'm pronouncing that correctly yeah, uh, i know yeah <laughs> it's basically kind of a google uh search engine app but it actually has all the information that, that exists in the world including secret information that's supposed to yes. be hidden from everybody 
but as long as you're able to ask it, it's able to find it for the most part, which we'll find out here in a second. Um, and so that's kind of what this, um, the series is based around this concept of the uh, Gogu phone. And we have our series lead that his name is Q uh, Sagurara, um, who, whose nickname is Q, the letter, literally the letter Q in school. And he, we do find out that he is a kid that has genius level potential, but he doesn't care about that because he's such a smart guy that he find he doesn't find taking tests challenging. So he will purposely try and score uh, like right right above the <laughs> the retest line. So which is a sixty. So he, he yeah. for him it's a game, actually a game to score sixty on every single test because <laughs> he's trying to figure out what how how he could do that in the quickest way possible and which questions he doesn't have to answer on tests and stuff like that, which pisses off his uh, childhood friend, uh, Yukika, because she knows how smart he is and because yep. she knows that his parents are college professors and how much he studied in the past. So um, so it pisses her off. Like, they have this fun dynamic between the two of them uh, being childhood friends. And as they, talk, as they hang out with each other, um, they overhear that there's a girl that got kidnapped recently and that kind of triggers a memory of them where back about seven years ago while they were hanging out together with another uh, another childhood friend who's two years younger, uh, three years younger than them. His name is uh, Shu. Um, we find out that he went missing um, wh- while they were playing in the park together. And that really um, impacted Q, r- really like his current mentality of like, because the police tried to find, find Shu, but they never were able to, no matter how hard they tried, that kind of, like kind of, gave more of an insight of like why he doesn't look, look into more stuff. Cause like he saw like the adults fail into that with his yep. um, childhood French shoe. So, um, and so that we get a little bit more insight of that. And then um, eventually, like as the story goes on, Q does find a, a Gogu smartphone, which he thought he thinks is a play thing. Cause it's a very small little thing that he's like, Oh, this is just a toy, but it starts talking to him and, and tells him all the capabilities. And he tests that out by finding it. Like he, he used the Google smartphone to find information on, on the kidnapped uh, little girl. Like he finds out letters and different things by just an investigation. Cause we, along with the Google smartphone uh, giving him like information, he also, we do see him investigate, investigate it kind of almost like a, I would say like a light, like with the death note, it reminded me a lot yeah. of yeah, uh, a little is. bit of like yeah. him using, using it to find, find a little girl that her name is Rico Kawaii who got, kidnapped by this old molester um um and so he was able to give the police information to find rico and and so that the guy gets the kidnapper gets arrested and the girl gets saved gets taken back to her parents luckily um and this kind of opens q up to like you know what this smartphone could do a lot lot for me um and he the gogu smartphone tells him oh so you you use me and you use me correctly for moral good so we're going to give you some points. Um, and then he's like, okay, what's like, he's not sure what these points are. Um, but then he's, but then he realizes, you know what, I could use this app to actually possibly find my friend Shu. But when he tries to find information about Shu and his, his disappearance, he gets a 404 error page. Um, and the Gogu smartphone tells him that he actually needs to collect more points in order to find the information that he needs. And that's kind of where we lead into like, we get other cha- like the second and third chapter kind of get into more of him and inve- using the Google smartphone to do more investigations that leads him into like uh, finding out about like his friend Yukika um, 
apartment building is going to get attacked by these thieves. And that's kind of where we, him sa- saving Yukika and like we get into a cliffhanger of him facing off against a, uh, like the thieves. Um, and that's kind of where we leave off chapter three as well. Uh, Rock, what did you think of like the, this opening chapter and the overall like your impressions of the, these first three chapters of Super Smartphone? I like this way more than I was expecting, Kevin. I'm not going to lie to you. The, the title <laughs> didn't think, make, make you think that you're going to love this type of series? <laughs> nope, not at all. I was like, you know, <laughs> the title is odd. Not that that should stop you when it comes to manga, because often there are some odd titles. But I don't know. Just everything I saw, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. This looks like it may not be targeting me. But I was shocked by the time I got to the end of the first chapter, I was like, hey, this this actually has some legs. This actually has more depth than I was expecting. And then as we progress through chapters two and three and I saw. okay, Tamasawa is is okay with going into some darker storylines than I expected with this opening chapter. Cause with chapter one, I was like, all right, maybe this is going to, it's about a smartphone. Uh, you meet Q who is uh, your, your typical shonen manga protagonist. I liked him. Don't get me wrong. I did, but he's typical in that he out the gate, he's extremely gifted and you know, he's extremely gifted. Now it's a matter of, not having him trained to achieve greatness. It's a matter of him becoming mature to achieve greatness. Cause he's already got, he already has the talent in him. Right. Uh, so he doesn't need to power work to power up. Uh, and you've got the, you had the, the backstory with Shu, his little brother. Or, or it was just a child, another childhood friend. Well, they call him it. They say, they, 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 yeah, it, that's because like, it seemed like it was more because he was older than him. He saw a shoe, saw him as a big brother. And like, just like he saw Yukika as a little sister. Really? Yeah. Uh, see, now I didn't get that. And that's uh, maybe I'm not paying attention when I'm reading. Yeah. That's I, I see sometimes like with younger <laughs> characters, like with younger characters, they, they say, I, that's what at least I thought. Like they were all, because they said that they were all childhood friends. Okay. All right. I totally, what the? I I didn't get that because they, they called they called Shu his their childhood friend and then sometimes when like because Shu was five years old and they were eight years old he saw the uh, Q as a big brother figure. Okay, at least that's that's what I thought. I'm I I I don't. Okay, I do not remember. I saw where the she refers to him as we used to hang out. Q and his little brother Shu. And oh, I maybe. maybe. Back then, Q, his brother Shu, and I got along, and we always played together. Oh, okay. Maybe I was wrong then. Yes. Yeah. And it, look, and there are two friends saying how like Q, uh, Q and Shu are total opposites, even though they're brothers. One's scientific, and one is. Yeah, you're right. Great. My bad about um, that. <laughs> yeah. So you had like the backstory of of losing a sibling. That's pretty traumatic. That and that that supplies the necessary angst and trauma to make Q uh, the slacker that he is refusing to use his, mm. his full mental abilities, right? His near genius level intellect. It gives you that reason. Well, it, you know, 
all good protagonists need that. Don't yeah, and on that on that, I like that it, the motivation wasn't that um that it, it was that his brother disappeared because that that is obviously one motivation. But I that the adults failed to find him, and like no matter how much they investigated, how yep. much they used information, yep. I like that that was his motivation. It's like you know what, the adults couldn't use all the information they could to find him, and what's the point of me doing the same thing as like I'm growing up? So like right. all using my genius level intellect to figure out questions, figure out like get A's on tests Pointless. and all that stuff. There's no point because like the adults failed, failed me when they were trying to find my little brother. And so I think yep. that, that's an interesting motivation for his lack of personality. And it plays perfectly into the concept of this super smartphone, this goo 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 smartphone. <laughs> it plays into it perfectly that he now has the technology that will allow his superior intellect to do things that adults couldn't do to succeed where adults failed with his little brother. It plays in this, this backstory that we get it that Thomas creates plays perfectly into the gimmick of the smartphone, the mission statement of the manga mm-hmm. And the motivation for why Q would do what he does in chapters two and three as well. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that I was I enjoyed about this as well is that Hidano draws the characters as as kids, um, and yeah. doesn't try and draw them as like high schoolers that look like adults already. Um, yeah. sometimes yeah, like yeah. we sometimes we do get that in like a lot oh, of yeah. manga like that where oh yeah the high schoolers appear like they're already adults, and I like that. Yes. It gives more of a like Kintaro is like still this high school kid um he's not like a mature adult or like a mature yeah. teenager or whatever and i like that in terms of the art style as well like it feeds into like it all it feeds more into of like you being a slacker being like yeah. this guy that's he's a fr- he's a freshman in high school that um just doesn't give a crap as well and like i, I like that like he's drawn to look lazy as well and like the way he reacts especially compared to when hidano or or yukika um calls about it and all that stuff that all the characters are drawn as kids, like look like kids and they're not just adult kids i guess you could say oh and, totally and agree like it's and, because there's a lot of death note um really, like stuff that yes. i get especially when he does the investigation and all that stuff and like trying to discover what the smartphone does so i'm mm-hmm. glad that in terms of like the art style as well i think helps out a lot of like yep. feed it into what uh q and yukika and and the characters around them act like oh i agree no i agree i i I think overall, that first chapter, just looking at the first chapter for a second without going into two or three, that first chapter, I, I think that Tomasawa did a wonderful job introducing you to the main characters, more importantly, giving you the proper backstory, proper motivation for Q, clearly, concisely, quickly, Tomasawa was able to build out this world in quick fashion, but in a way that is, again, very clear and concise. Mm-hmm. I, you get a good sense of the setting. You get, And you also, Tomasawa gives you the mission statement of this manga. You clearly know what is the mission statement. We know what the main objective of the main character is. We know what this Google smartphone is. We, we, we've, we are told about its, its powers. And so we quickly set up not just the world, but the rules for this world. And that's always important to know the rules, right, of, of the yeah. world that we're operating in. We get that as well. Uh, it's, it's a great 
introductory chapter to this manga. It gives the new reader everything they need to know to, to get an idea of what they can expect on this manga with every chapter and what they can expect to what they should come back for more with each chapter. This does a good job selling itself. Why, why this manga exists, what we're going to be doing, what you can expect. It does a good job selling it in that first chapter. Yeah, and I think the writing, the writing of Tomisawa along with Hidano's artwork, I think is interesting because there's a very much of a clash in terms of like tone because you have this, Hidano's art style feels like more like what you would find in a slice of life manga and yes. stuff like that. But then with Tomisawa's artwork, um, writing, the tone is much different because like we yes. go from what it seems like a slice of life school setting that it's going to be like an everyday thing of like him finding a smartphone and then using that to uh, slack off more or something like that. But we quickly switched to that tone of Tomisawa getting into like the kidnapping of this four-year-old girl. And that's the main driver of, of uh, Q f- figuring all this stuff out with the, uh, uh, the a smartphone app of like, Oh, I got it. Let me see if I can find this little girl that's all over the news. And then we get into we actually see the little girl kidnapped and her tearing up of like with this perverted old older man that kidnapped her and stuff like that. Uh-huh. We actually see that. And that's very much like much different what you would think of with when it comes to the art style, like what you would uh-huh. get from this type of manga. And I, I like that it's playing with what you would expect from when you just look at the, the art style. I just showed like somebody the first few pages uh-huh. of like, this is what, Oh, it's going to be a slice of life manga, but then you get yep. more into it. I'm like, no, it's not. It's going to be more kind of death notey of like, yes. in terms of like, we're going to get into some dark stuff and we do get into some dark stuff. Cause like, you can't, there's like really how dark, much darker can you get than a little kid getting kidnapped <laughs> and a guy holding right. her in his house <laughs> like and her tearing up and all this stuff. Like you don't know what she, what he's going to do to her. Yeah. Um, and then like the main character figuring stuff out and using the smartphone to figure that out. And I like right. that again, just, artwork playing into like giving you a different like kind of tone for what the writing will be and stuff like that i like how they how they both work together i agree and i haven't spoken about hedano's art i like it a lot he has a very clean style of art it it is it is simple yet yet detailed enough but i i appreciate it's 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 it is that very what you it's exactly what you imagine from a a shonen manga targeting a a younger audience right it has very much that style of art it is very clear and very bold lines very smooth i like it. it's actually i think his characters kevin are his style of art out we talk about how sometimes it takes a while for a manga who's doing the story and the art to get their footing when it comes to the artwork i find this artwork the characters the facial expressions all the, all the characters in this manga very well drawn right from the beginning. I think the first chapter gives you high quality artwork for the style that it is right from the start. And I, I do like that. And you're right. It's cool because the style of art is making you think, oh, this is about, you know, high school kids, younger high school kids and slice of life. This is nice. And then it's juxtaposed with the much more dark uh, story that that you're getting from Tomasawa, and it's it's a nice 
it kind of reminds me how Stranger Things gives you that mm, yummy 1980s. Let me wrap myself in this warm, nostalgic blanket of the 1980s. It's beautiful, but the storyline is super, super dark. It it does that. And I think it's a very effective way of telling a story, too. It Because it, what it does, Kevin, it reminds me that these are all young characters. Like you pointed out, these are not like how often... Uh, for another dated reference, the 90210 effect where all your high schoolers are really 30-year-old actors, right? Uh, you see that a lot <laughs> in TV and in movies. Um, here, we're reminded constantly, no, these are young. These are young characters that are going through these adventures, these stories that might be a little bit darker. I think that's a really smart approach. And it makes this, and that's why I, by the time I got to the end of this chapter, Kevin, because all I had seen was some yeah. of the promo art and the name of the title, and I was like, eh, this is going to probably skew really young and be just kind of like a goofy slice of life thing. But by the end of the first chapter, I was like, oh, I, I like this. I like how they're – this is not what I was expecting. It's a, it's, it's a cool turn. It's not what you expect, but you're very satisfied. Yeah, and it gives a different tone to the, the mystery and the, like, yes. the d- darker nature of like the storytelling as well, like where we, we are getting suited, uh, like I said, kidnapping of kids or like a, a kid uh, in terms of shoe – going mm-hmm. going disappearing and the cops not finding them like when you get into those elements it not only surprises you but you're like it gives more tension to those because you're like what's yes. going on in this world that feels like it's supposed to just be a nice happy slice of life based on the artwork but it's not that yeah. way because of how things go develop and so it and i think it gets into q as well of q being a character that while he's doing good he's doing it because like at the end, his motivation now we know is to find Shu. So he has right. some selfish motivation to That's right. possibly do more good. And it's not just like he's not just a benevolent good character. Like he has it's some not, selfish motive. Yeah. He has some selfish motivation behind That's what his right. actions are going to be moving forward. And I like that. That at the end of the first chapter, that's what it's establishing of like now he has this goal of like I need to get more points right. with this smartphone. He's still figuring out how to get more points. Mm-hmm. But I need to figure out how to get more points because it's going to lead me back to finding my little brother. And so mm-hmm. I like that in terms of his benevolence, it's not he's a completely 100% benevolent character. It's like there might yes. be some stuff like setting up that where he's going to do some selfish actions with his smartphone sure. to benefit yeah. him. So and I like that there's not again, he's not 100% good. He's a good character. Like he's a good guy. And he like obviously finds this little girl and stuff like he's not using it for selfish right. reason where he's like looking up secrets or looking up test answers and stuff like that. He's not using the smartphone for those yet. Um, At at least not yet, because we don't know what's (laughs) going to happen in the future, but at least right now it's setting up where he's going to do a lot of good, but he's doing it for a self, like he he is doing it for a selfish reason. And that that's actually still like gets you behind a character because that selfish reason is a morally good thing because he's trying to find his little brother. Right. It's yeah. I'm fine with it not being entirely altruistic and why he's using the smartphone. I'm perfectly fine with that. This is much more realistic. I think a much more realistic approach to uh, this character finding the smartphone. We didn't touch about touch on it yet with the first chapter, but I think also Tomasawa did a good job giving this inanimate object a smartphone, a very basic design too. It's just a little square of a smartphone. It's actually got a personality, Kevin. Yeah. It's actually got, I mean, now it's not the most developed personality in the world, but it's got a personality. It's got enough of a personality that it makes the scenes between the smartphone and Q a lot more interesting. Yeah, it has more banter banter style yeah. than it is just like a robot talking to him. 
So. Right, and it also Tomasaw also makes you think the smartphone is it trustworthy? Entirely trustworthy? Is it really telling us the whole truth? Does it have an ulterior motive? Uh, because you know it won't answer certain questions, right? Yeah. It won't answer certain questions from Q about its origin, about how the point system works. Yeah, or just a point. Why? Why did he needs to get all the points? Why like there's that. a point system? Yeah. We do know though that the 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 user that there are multiple smart that there are more than one super, uh, you know, smartphone user out there, and we know that the first user who collects the most amount of points wins right yeah and gets and essentially gets gets yeah and that, that element i'm not sure if you did you ever watch the anime or read the manga called darwin's game no but i i have heard yeah. of it but no i yeah. haven't it, it it reminded me a lot of that of like because there's like kind of has like a mobile app of uh not, not mobile app but in terms of like giving character superpower each character has a different superpower and right um they're playing basically uh mobile game in real life because everyone gets a superpower i mean it's like a battle royale type story but kind of gave me uh um hints of that as well but and i like that in terms of just going into the second and third chapter too of like you do set up q as this character that while not 100 percent benevolent he is on the more on the good side of character because now then we get introduced to this other character and he looks like he's in a suit in a fancy apartment or something but his phone refers to him as Mr. Zenchiro. I uh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, and like he's bad. It, yeah. Very bad. <laughs> yeah, and then like just like also setting up like that his Yukika gets gets in a way which, which is the only one thing where I was just like hopefully they don't set up Yukika as like always being a damsel in distress. I hope that they do more with her character in terms of the storyline. I I don't want the I don't always like that they use that the female lead or like the the male love interest or the female love interest as yeah, like the right. damsel in distress type role. And I feel like at least early on in these first three chapters, that's what the, the tone that they're giving me with Yukika's character because they, they set up this and I hopefully like Tomi Sawa and, and Hidano have greater plans for Yukika's character than always having to be saved by um, I have, you. I got Yeah, I kind of get the feeling that this is kind of just kind of like the opening story arc approach that... Yeah they're using her as a way to get him more than just to get him personally invested in, mm. in some, in, in using the smartphone for something. And then I think, I think what this will allow Tomasawa to do is not only has got him personally invested in a mission and using the phone because it's his childhood friend. It will also set up the tension of, how he's going to keep the smartphone secret from uh, Yuka because he can't tell anyone about it or else if he tells anyone about the super smartphone, he loses it. So he can't tell anyone about it. So I think this story arc, this opening story by having her in this role is going to set up that tension and then she's kind of going to become like that friend who is always trying to you know, find out you're up to something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out what's going on. Kind of friend. I think that's the direction we're yeah. going to. I would be shocked if Tomasawa did the one trick pony approach, where it's like Groundhog Day every day, where it's the exact same plot device, where she's the same plot device for every story arc. If that's the case, then it'll get old real fast. Yeah, I don't think you know that. It'll, I, mean? I don't think it'll be like every story arc, but I, I just, 
again, it's always like whenever this is the setup for like the main female lead or the main other, like the se- secondary character when it comes to this, yeah, like right. the childhood friend. Because it's the also like sometimes like the sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like the sidekick character of the series. I, I, I don't want that for them because it just sets up like repetitive nature of it's- like, you like be like, okay, they're going to get in danger. The main character has to find You know what's going to happen. Yeah, so. It's, and, and it's we the see, part- and we, and the, the thing it's is the that Burt Ward effect, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the Burt Ward effect, where every episode, uh, Adam West, Adam West has to say Burt Ward. You know yeah. it's going to happen. It's every single yeah. episode. It's the same story. <laughs> and, and we see, uh, and like the thing that I, it's just because I think I've gotten so used to seeing that a lot in manga and comic yeah. books and stuff like that. It's not all, like it happens so much. It's very it, yeah. like that. It always a concern for me whenever I see that, especially this early on where the Yukika gets get, gets in this trouble that. Uh, um, Q has to save her from and so that that's just my concern about it and that Yukika isn't set up to be more than that uh so far um and I think that's the only like in terms of the first three chapters that's my only complaint I do like in terms of the positives of the second and third chapter um I do like that they're set, still setting up the stakes are going to be high right away that is oh, yeah. not going to be like Q isn't going to get much time to like relax and figure out how to use the smartphone. Oh. He's going to have to use it on high stakes stuff yes. and that. Yes. I think that's the, what that that in terms of the positive side of things, that's what the second and third chapter do establish is that there's going to be high stakes yeah. right away and it's not going to be low. Like we're not going to be build, slowly building to that. No, no, we, we go right to 11 because the third chapter, that's a pretty scary situation. It's yeah. these uh, basically terrorists, know, psychotic <laughs> thugs wearing masks, uh, if, bum rushing an entire apartment complex and it's it's yuka's uh apartment complex and trying and essentially just pillaging and ransacking and terrorizing all the inhabitants of the apartment complex it's pretty scary and then he had and then thomas uh amps it up by having one of the thugs uh say because he loses his mask say he's got to kill yuka it's like oh my god wait well, we just turned this, yeah. like you said, we turned this up to 11. Like the stakes are high out the gate, Kevin. Like this is big deal crisis situation. I yeah. like that we're not baby stepping it. I mean, wow, Tomasawa's just tossing Q into the deep end yeah. with the start. And I also was a little surprised at the end of chapter. I like it, don't get me wrong, but I was surprised by the... I, Q in the first two chapters kind of came off as that character that's going to be more cerebral. And I was surprised at how physical he was yeah. at the end of chapter three. I mean, he breaks the arms of the bad guy with a baseball bat, Kevin. Yeah. That's pretty hardcore. That was unexpected, but I like it because Tomasawa is setting Q up as a character that you're not expecting ever to be physical. Yeah. In that, that he was he can be physical, you know, he's out of his comfort zone doing that too, yeah, Kevin. You know, yeah. Q is not in his comfort zone, he's not a not a physical guy, he's not portrayed yeah. that way. But I like yeah, I, that, yeah. And I like that also, it kind of establishes like the first chapter kind of establishes Q kind of to be like more fall on the light side of like with Death Note, where yes. like he did a lot of hands off stuff where it's not mm-hmm. he's not gonna get physically involved in things, and that's mm-hmm. what it felt like Q was going to be like, he's going figure stuff out he's going to give it to the police or give it to somebody that's going to physically get involved for him and be a physical proxy for him right that's and what that, I, I like that that's the second the second and third chapter establishes that that's not going to be the case he's not going to be a light yagami he's going to be his yeah. own character and he's going yeah. to be like 
he will have to get physically involved because he yeah. also building off that he doesn't trust adults like fully still because of what happened to Shu and that he he's like taking things into his own hands and he's like my be- my best friend she's getting attacked and her apartment complex is getting attacked I need to be involved I need the person that could get there quickest is myself so yes. I do like that they're establishing that he will it's not going to be that he's going to be hands off that he's going to have physical proxies for for himself all the time that he is going to in the desperate situations he's going to figure things like like i gotta get i gotta do something myself yeah and i'm with you i'm really excited about this as well i don't mind some physical proxies at some time you know it's gonna be necessary to have the police play a role i'm fine with that but i don't want this to be just like death note i i do like the fact that that thomas i was telling us hey there will be times when q will have to get personally involved i like that personally it's going to make it a little more different, a little more interesting, a little more unique. It mix things up and it avoids the predictable pattern of ha- always having the police as his physical proxy. I, I, again, yeah. less predictable is always a good thing. Yeah, and I'll be interested just because, like you mentioned, it goes straight to 11 with, with this. I, I do wonder how the balance is going to be for, with this series is because <laughs> we go to such extremes like these first three chapters we go from child kidnapping child disappearance yes. yes now like a basically a terrorist attack happening on it the apartment complex yes and and murder and, and murder or attempted murder uh, attempted murder yeah um <laughs> and so we go to all these extremes of these first three chapters i do kind of wonder how not tone things back but in terms of right put things back to slow things down so like we yes more character development time i do wonder how that balance is going to work out because now you're getting the reader so used to these extreme dark moments Right. How are you going to tone that? Not to, like tone that down a little bit, so that way you get more character and, and introspection and all this stuff. Of like, it's going to be very interesting to see how they balance like the slower moments for like character development to the more darker, extreme moments that we've seen in this first three chapters. I I completely and totally agree with you on that. I'm hoping I'm hoping what it is Tomasawa really wanted to kind of smack the reader in the face in the first three chapters because hey. As we've been talking about in the last episode, these new manga, Kevin, they don't get a lot of time to hook the readers, right? Yeah. yeah. And maybe Tomasawa was thinking, maybe if I smack the reader in the face and get him, get as many people as possible initially hooked into the manga, shocking them, right? I attract a lot of eyeballs. And then once I, we get some readership, I'm going to back off the gas pedal. I'm going to ease things down a little bit. I'm going to bring down the threat level for each mission a little bit. I'm going to allow more character growth. And that's what I'm hoping his approach is. I'm hoping that's his strategy because if it's that, that's not his strategy, Kevin. This manga might have a short shelf span. Yeah. Right. And, 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 I, and I don't think it's about it decreasing the like the threat level it's more of just like spreading out spreading it out so you get more time to breathe with yes with, so that you can't have them back like, to back to back it can't be child molester in one chapter uh uh a terrorist attack in in the next chapter and attempted murder in the third chapter all back to back to back you can't do yeah. that they gotta then, be, they gotta yeah. be way spaced out <laughs> yeah yeah and so it's gonna be interesting to see how he spaces things out like how it gives time to breathe because like it didn't feel like that with these and oh. so and and that's also a dangerous part because like how like you're setting this expectation level already at this that we're always going to get these high level threats right um and so they're going it's going to be very interesting to see how Tomasawa and and Hidano just 
not pull things back, but in terms of just like pace things out, like so it's like gives time to breathe for every character for both the yes. on the bad guy side, on the good guy side, and then everybody in between. Um, and that it's it's a concern, but hopefully, like these three first three chapters, he's done a good job in terms of the threats, in terms of developing Q as this guy that's going to be not just hands off; he's going to be hands on with things. Um, and I, hopefully, like as the series develops, like we see more time to just develop all the characters all around. So that way, like I said, I, hopefully I don't want Yukika to be just a damsel in distress because when you do these quick paced stories of like go from a ter- terrorist attack to a, a attempted murder and all these little <laughs> things, doesn't give a lot of time to give character development and just position oh. these characters to be an archetype instead of being right. an actual person. So like you want to make sure that you're letting these characters become actual people instead of just being uh-huh. like a, a representation of the damsel of distress to the hero to the to the villain you want them to actually be people outside of the roles that they serve for the story they can't be just mere plot devices to move yeah. the story along. that 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 won't work uh this these first three chapters no doubt this is very mm-hmm. compressed storytelling yeah. this is very compressed storytelling and while i do appreciate a well-plotted and paced story kevin we, we, we need more room to breathe. I'm hoping we get more room to breathe. I'm just hoping that, that Tomasawa wanted to come out like a ball of fire in the, in the opening three chapters to really try to attract a lot of readers. I'm yeah. hoping that we allow some more time, let it yeah. expand a bit and allow more time to let these moments sit with the reader, allow more character growth, build more relationships, flesh out your world yeah. some more. Don't, you don't have to move at breakneck speed all the time. Yeah, because right now, like the only character that we really have a firm handle on is Q. Q. But that's that's, that, but that's thanks to the, else. That, that's really the first chapter. That's thanks to the first chapter and the fifty-five right. pages that we got to spend with Q and getting to know his personality. Because like the second and third chapter, that's the one. Like the big criticism I have is that we don't really get to spend time like getting to know more of the characters. Where it's just like oh. we're, let's just move, move, move. So that's right. So hopefully we get more time to spend it. So. Um, yeah, but, they, they, but you're right. Chapters two and three have no character work whatsoever, and even the. Uh, I guess another supporting cast character that they introduce in chapter two. I assume this is going to be another supporting cast character only because she gets the big, you know, giant narration box with her name in big capital letters usually designates a character that's going to have, have yeah. some importance in the story. Right. And that would be Nagi, uh, the uh, Tokyo Metro police cybercrime investigator. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, uh, we see her, she appears to be a reoccurring character that is going to play a role in the story, uh, another support character, but you don't know anything about her other than she needs to cut back on the amount of coffee she drinks. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that, you don't really know anything. So yeah, the character work, after we get good character work on Q in the first chapter, there's nothing in chapters two and three at all. That's got to change. That has to yeah. change. And, but overall, like in terms of the, these first three chapters, Rock, that just gets into of like, are you going to continue reading uh, this series and giving it a chance to get to that point? Or are you done after these first three chapters? Uh, I'm all in. I am all in. I've uh, I enjoyed the first three chapters. Chapter four uh, came out and I read that one. And I believe chapter five drops in soon. Um, I I. Uh, I think there's enough potential here. I, I think you're getting some good writing, some really well done artwork. I like the concept of this super smartphone. I like this world that they're constructing. I love, Kevin, I love stories that involve trying to get points, 
It's <laughs> kind of like a tournament, right, Kevin? There's yeah. these tournament stories, and then there are more gamified point kind of stories. I love manga that involve you collecting something in terms of points in some sort of game to compete with other users or game contestants. I'm a sucker for that kind of story. So I dig this concept. I dig the world. I think there's tons of potential to this manga, plenty of potential, and I'm having enough fun that I'm going to keep on and hope that we that we get the character work that you and I want and that uh, we get more time to breathe in between crisis events. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm kind of on a similar page. I think the second and third chapter kind of a little bit turned me off a little bit in terms of um, that it didn't didn't completely sell me on, like in terms of that we're going to get a lot of intense character work because well, the first chapter did enough for me to con- hope that we will get that character yeah. work eventually. Um, I just want that want to see that strike the balance. And so hopefully, like as we continue on with this series, like I will give it a couple more chapters to see what, what oh. else it's going to happen because like, the third chapter we do end on a cliffhanger cliffhanger that feels like I do need to read chapter four to see what's really going on. So, um, and after that, I, I do want to, like I, I said, I might give it like a good seven chapters to see what, what really happens. Yeah, that's um, about right. And, but I'm not terribly ex- as excited after re- like, as I was after reading the first chapter, as I was like with the second and third chapter, like the second and third chapter kind of tames my expectations for, for this mm-hmm. but hopefully like the the rest the, like the next couple of chapters do hook me in more like the first chapter did fingers crossed it can happen yeah all right awesome well uh, rock thank you again for joining me on this episode it was fun to explore more new manga with you so that way we get more into all like not mainstream stuff and maybe get early get in early on with some new manga that's coming out that's right i love it yeah awesome well Thank you, and uh, Rock, I hope you have a good rest of your day as well as you, audience.